1: Welcome, friend. Follow me. We're going somewhere dark, somewhere dangerous. Most people would never dare enter the place we're going. There's no telling what horrors we'll find, what terrors we'll uncover. Don't say I didn't warn you. We might discover terrible monsters lurking there. Be careful, they could follow you out. Or maybe they're already inside you. Are you afraid? Good now you are ready to enter the warning woods. On a 2016 South American archaeological dig, my team and I discovered a collection of papers. They had been tucked away in a leather case and buried within the ruins of a Spanish structure we had uncovered. They were written in a combination of a type of ink and what may have been blood and included a crude map with a few geological landmarks circled in the darker, red substance. Before telling any of us what the papers said, our translator fled the area. I found out he actually fled the country and went all the way back home to the States. Now I understand why. I brought the papers and map to a friend I had made in Acarigua to ask if he could translate them. His name was Domingo. Domingo studied the papers for a few minutes. His face didn't give anything away, but the stiffness in his arms and hands told me he found whatever he was reading quite troubling. When he finished, he looked up at me without saying a word. "'So you can translate it? You know what it says?' I asked. "'See,' he replied. "'But I'm telling you, these cannot get out. No publication. No online. Nothing.' Okay. I told him, well, those are hard terms for me to accept, seeing as my job is to uncover history like this and share it with the larger community. This is no history, Domingo said darkly. This is legend. Very personal to the people here. They are scared of it. I only translate for you because I know you will find someone else to do it. Someone who does not understand why these must, must, Be kept secret. After much internal struggle, I uneasily settled on letting Domingo translate and agreed to stay quiet about the contents of those papers. I hated to make such an arrangement before I knew what they said. After all, I'm a man of my word. Breaking my promise would be out of the question, but I thought I might, maybe, be able to convince Domingo of the importance of sharing the history once I knew exactly what the papers said. I returned to Acarigua about a week later and visited Domingo. He had finished his translation, having handwritten it on notebook paper. I thanked him and made to leave with the new papers, but he grabbed my arm and told me to sit. You must read it here, he said. I cannot let you leave with them, he pointed to the new papers. Why not? I demanded. Because you are the only one who can see them. I can only trust you because you made a promise to me. Indignantly, I sat as I was told and started reading. Domingo watched me carefully from across the room. Here is what the translated pages said, with some minor corrections and improvements from myself. Day 27. We have been in camp for nearly a month. I and the rest of the men have grown weary of killing. The king insisted we conquer these people to take their land and resources, but we could never manage this land the way they have. They have tamed this wild forest and the beasts within. Not only do they survive its harshness, but they built beautiful structures in which to live, work, and worship. The only advantage we have over them is our weapons. And to my bittersweet relief, that has been all the advantage we have needed. Day 29. The order has come to press on towards the next city. More bloodshed, more death. I don't know if I can bring myself to do it. I don't know if I can hear another mother's anguished cries. I don't know if I can watch one more tear fall for an unjust atrocity committed by my hand. And yet, we will press on. Day 30. Something is wrong. We moved south as ordered into the next city. Although the various structures within its walls appear to be well maintained, the city itself has been abandoned. I suppose it is possible the people were warned of our advancement, but they left many of their weapons and much of their food behind. By mine and others' assessment, the city seems to have been evacuated in a hurry. Despite the mystery, the commander was happy to celebrate this effortless victory. I celebrated along with him, for I am relieved not to have killed anyone. Day 33. Our rations are nearly depleted. We sent a hunting party into the forest, but they reported seeing no animals in our vicinity. Not even birds. They collected a few exotic fruits before returning, but now we must investigate the mysterious lack of wildlife nearby and where we must go to find it. I grow more uneasy here every day. I spend most of my time wondering what happened to the people who lived here. Why have they not returned? And now I also wonder why no living creature will come near this area. I am growing increasingly aware of a nauseating instinct. It gnaws at me and whispers that we should not be here. Day 34 I performed watch duty last night. From my position on the wall, I heard noises in the forest. Under normal circumstances, this would offer no cause for alarm, but here, there are no sounds in the forest. It is always deathly quiet. I alerted my fellow watchmen to these sounds which grew closer by the minute. Snapping branches, nay, entire trees, and crunching leaves. The sounds were far too loud to belong to returning natives. They would have seen our fires and known we had occupied their city. They would not have made such noises unless they desired a quick death. So we thought it must be some exotic animal causing the haunting cacophony. Something unknown in Spain, probably. It sounded enormous, and was coming closer by the minute. One watchman went for the captain. He thought we might be under attack. The sounds reached the edge of the forest. The beast was just out of sight. There, it stopped. I felt like it was watching us. Neither I nor the others moved. I could barely breathe. The forest remained silent for a moment before the beast charged back in the direction from which it had come. I noticed one of the other men had wet himself and made sure to check myself to be sure I had not made the same mistake. This morning, as the sun rose, we watchmen went into the forest to investigate the area. We found a path of destruction so severe we lost our language for a time. The creature had crushed trees, snapped some in half. Some it had uprooted, leaving partial craters in the earth. One man learned not to stand too close to these gargantuan divots as the earth around them was loose and prone to give away underweight. We pulled him out by his sash. We might have followed the path to the very beast which created it, but not one of us hosted such courageous desire. A creature who could pummel a tree into wood chips would make short, bloody work of a man. And what of our new city? What might a destroyer of forests do to our new home? Day 35 The night watchmen were told to wake me if the beast appeared again. Exactly why, I am unsure. But they did. Perhaps the order was given due to my relative calm in the face of this mysterious, daunting threat. I waited with them on the wall in absolute silence. I had just about lost my patience, but the men insisted the creature lay just beyond the trees. One of them ran out of nerve, or patience, perhaps both, and fired one irresponsible arrow into the trees. Thank God he did not strike the beast, but his arrow did rouse it. It rose through the trees, still beyond the light of our fires. In the moon-cast shadows I made out a row of horns along its spine. Its great head lifted just above the treetops, and I saw it resembled a lizard in shape. It was too dark to distinguish any detailed attributes, but one of its great eyes caught the shine of my torch. I held its gaze for a moment, and in that moment, I knew this creature was a devil, a demon hell-bent on the destruction of civilization itself. By now the men had flown into a frenzied panic, I was a mere heartbeat away from joining them. Someone loosed another arrow, this one glancing off the beast's horned back. It turned toward us and we scrambled off the wall. We all found our own hiding places embraced as the beast smashed its dense body against our stone walls. The very earth seemed to rumble as the wall gave way to our assailant. I heard a horrific cry of agony, but dared not look out to see who the monster had taken. Apparently satisfied with this macabre revenge, the beast retreated before I exited my shelter. As I write this, I am contemplating a proposition to the commander that we might leave this place at once. I believe we must abandon this false sanctuary and retreat somewhere truly safe. Somewhere rich with food would be a pleasant change. I would much prefer to be a hunter again rather than the prey. Day 36. The commander should have listened to me. I am watching him now across this small room and see pure terror on his face. A dark storm drew upon us earlier today. Violent lightning and roaring thunder disoriented us as we went about our work. The thunder masked the sounds of the beast's approach. The watchman didn't know it was coming until it burst through the trees. I do not believe a single man on the wall survived. The monster came through the opening it made last night and grabbed three additional men, one in its powerful jaws, the other in its enormous front claws. This horrific moment was the only length of time I spent observing the beast before I ran for cover. It very much reminded me of a lizard. Its gray, nearly black skin looked impenetrable. It moved with such speed and ferocity that we immediately abandoned any notion of mounting a defense. I'm riding by firelight below ground Thankfully, one of the men discovered this place earlier. It seems to be a tomb, and is just large enough to hold a few of us who escaped the beast's fury. The ground trembles above us every few minutes. The beast is up there, waiting. I set the papers on my lap, having finished reading. Was that really the last one? I asked Domingo. He nodded solemnly and replied, "See." Well, this is outrageous, I said. You really expect me to believe those papers are just an account of some kind of dinosaur attack? No wonder you didn't want to let someone else translate them. Domingo abruptly stood. He looked angry. I'm sure I insulted him, but which is worse, calling someone a liar or thinking so little of someone that you believe they would fall for such a fantastical story? It is no lie. This is why I was so hesitant to do you this favor, Domingo said. You have your own legends, no? Your Bigfoot? Your Yeti? Your werewolves? Nobody believes in werewolves, I interrupted. He raised a hand to silence me. We have legends too, but we respect them. We see what happens in your culture when stories of these things come into the light. Half of you go crazy and bring your cameras and your TV crews and make silly shows for the other half of you to drool over or mock. You disrespect the things you know nothing about. We do not want that here. We respect the mysteries of our forests and land. I tossed the papers on the floor and turned to leave, but then I stopped and turned back around to face Domingo. "'I want the originals,' I told him. "'I'm going to find someone to translate them who will be straight with me.' "'Sure,' Domingo answered, shocking me with his quick, agreeable reply. A moment later, he produced the weathered papers from a drawer and handed them over. I thumbed through them and quickly noticed one page was missing. "'Where's the map?' I asked. "'The map?' he asked stupidly. "'Don't play me like an idiot,' I snapped. "'Where's the map, Domingo?' He stared straight into my eyes. I felt he was looking through them, searching me for any weakness he could exploit. I stared back into his eyes, and suddenly I realized the truth behind his motives. "'You want to find it, don't you?' I asked rhetorically. "'You don't care about respecting some lost legend?' You want to find this beast, or whatever's left of it, for yourself, you greedy pig. Domingo ran at me, but I was ready. I cut right and dove for the door. Domingo did not follow me outside. Like I said, I'm a man of my word. I kept my promise to Domingo. So maybe you're wondering why I'm sharing this with you now. That's alright, I would be too. And I have an explanation. Domingo's dead. Or at least... It's safe to assume he is. I tried to make contact with him a month after our final encounter and was told he disappeared suddenly. Someone close to him, who asked to remain anonymous, let me know he went on an expedition into the forests of Venezuela. He had seemed excited about something, but wouldn't tell anyone just what it was. Every day I wonder, did Domingo just get lost in the woods like any ordinary explorer could? Or did he find exactly what he was looking for? Or maybe, as unlikely as it sounds, what he was looking for found him first. You made it out congratulations. If you enjoyed the story, please rate and review this podcast wherever you like to listen. Reviews are the best way to support the podcast and help it grow. The next best way is to buy merch from thewarningwoods.myshopify.com. The link is also in the description below. If you want more creepy content, including the images that accompany each story, follow me on Instagram at thewarningwoods. If you feel ready